This morning, we're starting a new series called The Great Pursuit. Um, a few weeks ago, Julian and I spent some time with the preaching team um, talking about our own faith journeys over this past season. And we found, as we were talking, that God was weaving a similar thread throughout all of our lives, which is no coincidence. A shared challenge that I believe that each one of us faces in different ways. The challenge that we felt we were facing is this. What does it mean to follow Jesus in the midst of chaotic and busy lives? Life happens. Sometimes it throws us curveballs. Yet Jesus has so clearly modeled to us a life of unwavering devotion and undistracted pursuit. Yet how often do we feel totally distracted, totally not at peace and find it really hard to be fully devoted? I know that in my own life, more often than not, I completely miss the mark in being totally undistracted um, and following that model that Jesus has shown us. Not because I, I don't want to, but because I'm not Jesus. Over this next series, we're going to be sharing some of our own experiences, looking at what God has to say to us through scripture and together explore how we might start to overcome some of those challenges that we each face. I don't think this will be something that any of us are ever able to say we have completely sorted, um, as life and the seasons that we face are also changeable. But I believe that God has something really specific in this season to say to each one of us, into the situations that we're facing right now. He cares so much about what we're going through, about every circumstance and every situation. And this morning, we're going to be talking about the story of Mary and Martha, um, and I would really encourage you not to leave the things that you're facing in your everyday at the door, but bring them before Jesus at the foot of the cross. And over this next series on The Great Pursuit, over the next eight weeks, let's listen to his voice and hear what he has to say about those challenges. So the passage we're focusing on this morning, if you have your Bibles with you, is Luke 10, 38 to 42. And um, if you don't, don't worry, the, the words will be up on the screen as I read the passage says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Have you ever felt completely overwhelmed by all the things that you need to get done? That never-ending to-do list. I know I do, and Julian finds it often quite funny, because I seem to place a totally unrealistic expectation on myself and try to get a week's worth of to-do lists done in a morning. Anyone else? Anyone else feel like that too? A few people. I can remember um, in the run-up to our wedding in 2018, the massive to-do list. We had decor to make, invitations to send, um, a worship band to coordinate. We decided in our great wisdom that it would be great to DIY the whole thing. All whilst I finished a master's dissertation, led our youth ministry in Lincoln and worked full-time. I was well and truly overwhelmed. And honestly, the very fact that Julian still decided to marry me after that season is incredible. It's, it is an actual miracle. I was bordering on burnout. 
not that many people other than Julian would have known. Here, those of us in this room who are British know that we're very good at soldiering on. We're very good at keeping calm and carrying on. But I was not calm, and it was not going to carry on for all that much longer. Most of that time of planning, most of that time of getting stuff done is an absolute blur to me. The reality was that our wedding and honeymoon were an oasis of peace and immense happiness to me in the midst of a time of immense internal chaos. The first three months of our marriage was me burning out and breaking down. Julian would drive me to work in tears. I can remember one time locking myself in my office and sobbing and he would pick me up in a state that was just ridiculous. I'd be in tears all the time. There are moments where, so part of my job at the time was working in a, in a coffee shop and um, I can remember sobbing into cheese toasters. Like that, that was the extent of where I'd got to. And I share this not because I want sympathy or anything like that, but because during this time in my life, God taught me some stuff um, that have just revolutionized really the way that I see life and some important lessons that I think we sometimes miss. Um, and some really practical things for me that have helped me when I find myself in times of difficulty and busyness. Before I get started, I want to preface this message by saying that I don't have all the answers. And I still struggle with feelings of being overwhelmed. And I still find myself overly busy at times. I've never met anyone who hasn't. But it's important that we talk about the realities of the things that we face and look at what Jesus has to say to us in the middle of those moments. We live in a time in our lives where busyness is a bit of an epidemic. Our lives are often marked by hurried schedules, more things to do, overflowing to-do lists, and constant demands. It's a fast-paced world, and it's so easy to become ensnared in that busyness, in the never-ending pursuit of productivity and success. But is productivity really the end goal of the kingdom? Productivity is not unimportant. It is important that we get stuff done, but it's not the end goal. God is so much more concerned with who we are becoming than what we can produce. He's more concerned with who we are in our personhood than our output. Have you ever been in a moment where you felt like Martha, where you've wanted to say to Jesus, tell her to help me? When we read the story of Mary and Martha, it can be so easy to judge Martha and wonder why she wasn't listening to Jesus as he was in her house and listening, but instead was doing work. But the reality was that someone needed to host. In Jewish culture, it's so important that guests are honored, that guests are looked after. Martha was trying really hard to show Jesus the respect and honor that he deserved. She was preparing food for him, but she missed the opportunity to be fed spiritually by Jesus in the midst of that busyness. Martha wanted to be productive and honoring of Jesus, which is not at all a bad thing to desire. She, so often in the story of Martha, we, we can oversimplify things and Martha's painted in a negative light and Mary's painted in the positive one. But in reality, she was absolutely wanting to do all the right things. But in doing things for Jesus, she missed the importance and opportunity of being with him. Now, I have a younger sister, and those of us in the room who also have siblings will also perhaps resonate with the frustration that Martha must have felt in this moment. 
at the end of the day, Mary was being totally unproductive and unhelpful to Martha, yet she got all of Jesus' praise. Our culture of busyness is fueled by distraction, and things constantly want our attention. From the constant chatter of our digital devices, the constant information that we face and are bombarded with every moment, sometimes these distractions pull us away from what really matters our pursuit of Jesus. A life consumed by busyness comes at a price. It can lead to physical and emotional burnout, as I was facing, strained relationships, and perhaps most importantly, spiritual emptiness. The noise of the world drowns out that still small voice of God. This morning, for the short time that we have together, we've got an opportunity to listen to the words of Jesus to Martha, speaking into our situations today. Jesus said to Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Perhaps this morning, you came here worried and upset about some things. And it's not that those things are at all unimportant to Jesus, he cares about them. But his words remind me that the most important thing, the one thing that in this moment Mary recognised, is that time with Jesus, listening and resting in his presence, is vital to us. One of the things that I came to realize, which is really simple, but really not easy, is that I can serve and achieve and produce so much more effectively when my focus is to listen to Jesus and spend time with him. When I'm more concerned about discovering who Jesus is shaping me into, rather than trying to just do lots of really good things, I found that the stuff and the doing is better because it's Jesus working through me rather than doing in my own strength. And it's easy for us to know that, but to practice that in our day-to-day can be really hard. In the passage in Luke, in the story of Mary and Martha, there are two wonderful women that we encounter. Martha was busy with preparations and Mary chose to sit at his feet, soaking in his teaching and his presence. So often I've heard messages where this story is oversimplified to be a Mary, not a Martha. Or Martha made bad choices, Mary made good ones. But in Jesus' response to Martha, I I don't see that. I see a much softer rebuke. Being a doer is not a negative thing. In James 1, 22 to 25, we're instructed the following. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it, um, does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. We're often instructed in scripture to do things. And in this verse, we're reminded not just to be hearers of the word, but doers also. But the important thing that Mary can show us is that there are times when we need to put aside those distractions, to step away from the busyness, put down the to-do lists, and spend time with Jesus. Mary's decision was extraordinary in this particular moment, as she made time for Jesus in the midst of bustling activity. Mary's choice was significant because it demonstrated that her priority was Jesus. It was a declaration that in the midst of the demands and tasks and busyness of life, 
Jesus was the better way, the only one she needed. Jesus responded to Martha's complaint by affirming Mary, saying that she had chosen what was better and it would not be taken away from her. This is just profound to me. In the midst of the doing, do we take time to sit at the feet of Jesus? The other thing that I find really interesting about this story is that at no point does Jesus ask Martha to stop doing what she's doing and listen to him. His rebuke to me seems to be more about her complaining about Mary not helping. Perhaps there's a challenge here for us. Do we get frustrated when other people aren't doing the stuff that we're expecting them to be doing? When perhaps we feel that we're doing more than a fair share? Perhaps in those moments, Jesus would have two challenges for us. Firstly, we're not forced or obliged to do anything. And what we should be doing is out of love and devotion to him. And secondly, perhaps he would challenge us not to be frustrated with others who perhaps spend time differently to us or have different demands. In Jesus' challenge to Martha, I I get the sense that his rebuke is less about asking Martha to stop, but more about her allowing Mary to listen. It seems to me that Jesus' ask of Mary is more, of Martha, sorry, is more of a question of priorities than of rebuke. In this moment, right now, what is the most important thing? Is it spending time with Jesus or is it preparing dinner? Dinner is absolutely important. I love food um, and we all do. We all need and love food. But it's possible that in this moment, Martha had got her priorities the wrong way around. Choosing Jesus over busyness, a never-ending to-do list, requires real courage. It's a brave thing to put aside those expectations that other people have of us. It means facing that fear of missing out on trends, pursuits, accomplishments. There might be things that we miss out on because we're prioritizing Jesus. When we put Jesus first, it demands the audacity to prioritize the eternal over the temporal. And it sounds like a great idea. The words make sense, but in practice, it can be so hard. And I know that I get it the wrong way around more often than not. In Matthew 22, 37 to 39, when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment is, he replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Another of the really important lessons that I learned during that really difficult time in my life was that we all need courage to care about ourselves as much as we care about others. Often we can care for other people really well, our friends, families, communities. We can give of and empty ourselves. But the challenge that in that season of my life that I found in Jesus' words is this. If I want to show other people the incredible, unconditional love that I have received from Jesus, Jesus' words seem to suggest to me that I also need to offer myself that same unconditional love and self-care too. And there are some really practical things that I try to prioritize in my life um, that really help me to spend time in the presence of Jesus, but might not all seem necessarily connected to faith. For me, after this season, going through a period of counselling was really important, and it's a fantastic tool for us. 
going through counseling allowed me the space to process and understand more about myself and my faith, to unpick that stuff that life threw at me. Sometimes there can be a shame or secrecy around counselling, but genuinely it is one of the most freeing and, powerful and empowering things that I've engaged with outside of my faith. Life rhythms are important, and although I recognise there are seasons of busyness, life, we need to be careful that life doesn't become a permanent busy season. I found that prioritising time off, the Sabbath, which is a whole other sermon, um, and rest, I'm often unintentionally more productive because I'm not tired and burning out. These things are often countercultural. They can be things that can be difficult to put in place, but I believe they're a courageous and essential choice for us that I'd encourage all of us to build into our lives. Though we may need to sometimes put other things down to prioritize Jesus, I found that when I manage to balance things better than when I don't, um, I don't miss out. I find an incredible and freeing fulfillment. When Jesus is prioritized over busyness, it leads to our transformation. Paul writes about it, about the renewing of our, being transformed by the renewing of our mind in Romans 12. It reshapes our desires and our values and the way we use our time and resources. Our lives tell a different story and they become stories of God's grace and power. The reality that I found in my life is that there is always more to do. There is more to do in our family lives, more to do at work, more needs in our community to meet, more great things that we can do both individually and in a community. However, when, we follow, when we're following Jesus and serving him, we need to set a sustainable pace. Following Jesus is a marathon, it's not a sprint, and we want to run a good race. Rushing through life can leave us really exhausted and disconnected from God. I've learned that there are always so many good things that I could be doing, but I need to spend time at Jesus' feet, like Mary did, and listen to hear what he would have to say to me and the things that he would like me to do next. To find that pace, I find that I have to regularly reevaluate everything all the time. Our priorities and our commitments. Are we investing our time and energy into things that really matter? Are we willing to make adjustments to align our lives with his will? I found that these questions, when I ask them of Jesus, more often than not, require me to put something down so I can pick up the next thing for the next season. Are we willing to sit and listen to Jesus? And also, are we willing to put things down when a season comes to an end? Both the doing of the stuff and the waiting and the listening are so important to helping us balance our busy and demanding lives. Sometimes I found that the hardest part is being willing to be obedient because sometimes it really does feel like a risk. If in this story, it was me in the place of Martha, I think I would have been really tempted to slam all the doors when Jesus said something that seemed so contrary to what I wanted to hear. Especially if Jesus seemed to rebuke me and praise my sister. We all slam doors when we're in a huff like Martha. Whether physically or metaphorically, doing makes us feel effective and sitting with Jesus makes us feel like sometimes we're doing nothing because we're not in control of trying to make it happen. We are handing over our need to control every aspect of our lives to Jesus. To sit at the feet of Jesus 
is to adopt a posture of surrender and dependence. It's us acknowledging that we can't navigate life challenges on our own and we need his guidance, strength and wisdom. In following Jesus wholeheartedly, we're required to realise how much we need him and oh, how much do we need him. Jesus really is the only answer. One of the most frustrating things about faith that I have realised is that cultivating a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus is a lifelong journey and we are never there. (laughs) As a doer, I really want to see a moment of completion when I have perfected the relationship with Jesus. But the reality is it never happens. Continually we hunger for his presence. Continually we want to be closer to him. It's why at the end of every service, we leave space for the Holy Spirit to come and minister to us and to pray for one another. Because no matter how long you've known Jesus, whether today is your first encounter with him or you have known him your entire life, there is always more. We need his presence and his love to help us navigate life, to sit at his feet, to serve him and do the kingdom stuff. In the middle of life's storms, Jesus offers us rest and peace in his presence. It's not that we experience no challenges. It's that as we experience the challenges, we have the assurance that he's with us through them all. In our journey of faith, we often find ourselves wrestling with distractions. Things that hinder our pursuit of a deeper relationship with Jesus. Today, just as Martha faced her own distractions from paying full attention to Jesus, I think it's important for us to spend some time thinking about the things that we have that might distract us from him. Each of us face different distractions, different challenges. Each of us have a different life. What may be a distraction for one person might not be a distraction for another. Many of the distractions are not inherently bad but they can subtly lead us away from sitting at Jesus' feet. Like Martha, we might find ourselves caught up in that busyness, striving to be productive, even dedicating our lives to serving others. And while these endeavours are admirable and good, they can become distractions when they consume our attention and pull us away from our time with Jesus. I know that in my own personality and makeup, I have to be really careful that I'm not doing good things as a substitute for spending time with Jesus. I do not need to, nor can I, earn more of his love by serving him or others more. I could list a hundred potential distractions, but I know for many of us in the room, the moment I said distractions, you already knew the one that you're facing. We need to take time considering what those things are that are tugging at our heart, pulling us away from sitting at Jesus' feet. Whether it's the demand of our careers, the lure of success, whatever the cost, or even well-intentioned service, recognising them is the first step towards overcoming. I've found three key things for me that really help me manage distraction um, when I intentionally allow them to take over, um, because let's be honest, that new Netflix series is far too alluring. Um, Reaching breaking point made me realise that it's really essential Um, to put things in place that help us. I'm certain they're not the only strategies, but perhaps in sharing, some of them might help you. Firstly, setting boundaries. 
we are constantly connected to people all the time, which is beautiful, um, but it can also be a massive source of distraction. One, considering setting boundaries on when your phone can ring. My phone won't ring after 10 o'clock at night. And that's really helped me. Limiting notifications or even taking regular digital sabbaticals. When I manage to maintain leads, and it is far easier said than done, I find that I'm able to listen more intently to Jesus. Even on a well-being note, turning off notifications for me was a life changer. It immediately and noticeably reduced levels of anxiety and worry in my life, genuinely. It seems quite a small thing, but I found it to play a massive part in my own well-being and in my spiritual connectivity with God. Secondly, creating sacred spaces. Having spaces for specific routines or relationships. There was a piece of advice that Julian and I were given before we got married that I've remembered to this day and has been really important in my thinking. Um, and we were told this, make sure that you preserve your bedroom as a sacred space. Don't let outside sources in and please don't let church in there. And honestly, that was a revolutionary thing for us. So we, we don't talk about work generally upstairs. That's something we keep downstairs. And it sounds perhaps a little bit trivial, but for me, that's really helped. But the same goes with spending time with God. You might find that having a physical space where you can leave distractions and focus on Jesus really helpful. It might be a room or even a chair. Um, near where I went to Bible college, um, we were in Epworth, which is where John Wesley lived. And John Wesley's mum, Susanna Wesley, was an incredible woman. She gave birth to 18 children, raised 10 of them to adulthood. Um, and her sacred space was sat on a chair with an apron over her head. When she did that, her kids knew not to disturb her and to let her spend time with God. We all have sacred spaces that you might want to create, but we also have sacred spaces that you can use. We have the prayer room at the Dolphin that is a space for anyone to come and use and pray. Find ways to intentionally spend time at Jesus' feet, like Mary did. Perhaps for you it might be with an apron over your head. And finally, accountability is a big thing. Share your struggles with a trusted friend or mentor. I don't know what I would do without the mentors that me and Julian have in our lives. Small groups are a brilliant place to find lists or just a group of friends that you, that you can make a conscious choice to encourage and challenge each other to prioritize God. Mary, in choosing to sit at the feet of Jesus, recognized the importance of being in his presence. She understood that nothing was more important than learning from Jesus. While Martha's intentions were really noble and were, were good intentions, she allowed distraction to steal her attention away from the source of eternal wisdom and peace. In our fast-paced lives, it's easy to become entangled in that Martha-like busyness of our world. However, we need to remember that Jesus invites us to sit at his feet to draw near to him and listen to his teachings. By intentionally managing and overcoming distractions when we can, we can respond to this invitation wholeheartedly. We can reclaim our focus on what really matters, Jesus. And I find I have to reclaim it many times a day, but it's something that's really important. As I bring this message to a close, I'd love to invite the worship team back up. Um, this morning, I want to challenge myself as much as anyone else. 
to embrace this radical choice of sitting at Jesus' feet, even in a busy world. It's a challenge that can go against the grain of our culture, that it can be really, really hard to remain focused on. But I truly believe it's so freedom-bringing, and it's such a fulfilling way to live life. Choosing the better way, like Mary did, to sit at his feet, offers us real deep relationship with Christ. A life marked with purpose and fulfillment and an eternal inheritance that can't be taken away. There is, of course, stuff that we need to do and get done. And Jesus guides us in those things. But the doing needs to come from, firstly, a place of spending time with him. Not being too busy to sit and be with Jesus. Perhaps this morning you've been stirred to reevaluate priorities or reconsider how to approach the busyness you face in life. Or perhaps this morning, like I was several years ago, you're feeling one step away from complete and utter burnout. You're fed up with that constant pressure to keep doing and keep achieving. I truly believe that right now in this moment, here today, God would like to impart a supernatural peace to us in this room, one that surpasses all understanding. He cares so deeply about you and he cares about the pressures that you're facing. As we spend some time now in a time of song worship, I'd really encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you and we'll have some time to pray for each other at the end.